Hello, and welcome back to episode 6 of Diversity University. We're four teenagers of different ethnic backgrounds talking about different topics important to us throughout our episodes. I'm Emmanuel, and I'm Mexican-American. I'm Faith, and I'm Ghanaian-American. I'm Danielle, and I'm Chinese-American. My name is Abu, and I'm Bengali. In this episode, we have our special guest, Tin Pham, a high school teacher and graphic novel illustrator and writer. Mr. Pham's works include Sumo and Level Up, a project with Jean Lu and Yang. In this episode, we discuss storytelling, illustration, and artistry. I'm excited. Oh, I'm Tin Pham and I'm Vietnamese American. Just so you guys know. Awesome. <laughs> we have this like little game that we play with every guest and it's just a lightning round of questions. All right, let's do it. Favorite book of all time? Uh, Eleanor and Park. It's one of my more recent reads, but yeah, I love anything that Rainbow Rowell does, so. Favorite graphic novel? Oh, that's a tough one. It's probably going to have to be Dragon Hoops, which just recently came out by my friend Jean Yang. I think it, besides the fact that I'm also in it for a little bit, I just think it's a really great graphic novel. Would you be a firebender, airbender, waterbender, or earthbender? Oh, or for sure. a bonbender? For sure, earthbender. Earthbender. Toph <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is like my favorite character. I love Toph! Yeah, she's... <laughs> So awesome. I think the way that they animated it in the series is also really cool. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. And she can metal bend too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who's your favorite Animal Crossing villager? I'm really in love with Bo. Like, I'm seriously thinking that we're going to go out, you know, <laughs> um, my, my villager. I think he's an antelope or something like that. But he's just got cool laid back vibes that I just love. Every All the other Animal Crossing characters seem like they're just trying too hard. But my favorite character of all time, of course, is K.K. Slider. When I started this quarantine, I played a lot. I told myself that if I ever build the robot, I'm, I'm getting really nerding out here. If I ever built this robot, the, the robot hero, and it took like a long time because you had to get like 99 pieces of gold and like all this crazy things and then I built it and now I don't really play it very much anymore but I just listen to KK Slider yeah that's so crazy you built the robot hero like yeah I, I barely have the materials for that oh man I was I worked so hard for it I worked so hard for it probably the the most I mean getting books published that's fine but like <laughs> building that robot hero you know that was it. Last question. Favorite trips or favorite snack? It's embarrassing because it's so uh, Asian of me, but you know, shrimp, the little shrimp chips are my favorite. You Those know? Are good. Well, thank you for that lightning round. No just, I'm Those are some really great uh, lightning round questions. So the first sure. question that we have today is what inspired you to start illustrating and writing graphic novels? Well, you know, I've been drawing all my life. I, I love drawing. Like that's my one thing. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with being an immigrant like coming to America. I came to America when I was five. And when I went to school, I like didn't know very much English. So, uh, and then also my, my parents, they worked all the time and basically just left my brother and I like at home. And the only thing we did was watch TV and we watched so much TV, you guys. And uh, back then, the, the you know, of course we love cartoons. So we're constantly watching cartoons. And I grew up with like, you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe's and and Robotech and all this. And all I wanted to do was draw like that. And then once I discovered comics, that's all I ever wanted to do. And you know, when I was drawing is really when I felt like the only time I felt like I was able to com communicate to people at school would be when I'm drawing, you know, like I'll draw something and people will be like, ooh, that's cool. And they'll come and they'll talk to me. Otherwise, I'm just kind of like really shy because I don't really know how to communicate. It's the thing that also taught me how to read, really. Like, I, I hated reading when I was a kid, but then when I discovered comics, um, there's just something about, like, the, the pictures and then the words made it a lot easier for someone that's not a native speaker of English to read. 
and and that's the thing that kind of opened the gates for me to read other books you know so um i wanted to draw comics ever since i was in fourth grade um when i was in high school i thought i was too cool for comics you know i just thought i was too cool and so i kind of like never i didn't really you know um at least i didn't really like tell everybody hey i read comics it's still different now because now that i'm a high school teacher you know like you could be a high school student and love comics and it'd be totally fine. And you have a whole group of friends that also love comics and animation and anime and, and manga and all that stuff. But when I was younger, I think like liking comics and animation when you're in high school at that age is not cool. But I'm so glad that like this is, we live in a world now where you can still like like toys and, and like animation and, and, and comics and stuff like that, even if you're old. So yeah, so then, then when I went to art school, after I left art school and I didn't know what I wanted to do, I still came back to my comfort zone, which was comics. And yeah, I just drew comics and I never really have ever thought that comics was going to be a career. I just did it because I loved it. I love that so much. I'm interested on what significance does teaching have on your art? When I first got my teaching job, my friend Jean, who I worked with in Level Up and also the, the artists of like American Born Chinese and uh, he did Dragon Hoops, which I was just talking about. Um, I had met him doing comics and he he asked me if I wanted to teach and I was like I don't want to teach but you know I need money so um, I'll teach art until um, you know my art career takes off and then I'm gonna quit but when I my after my first year of teaching I was like I love this job so much I'm, I'm one of those teachers that are geeked out on teaching even now when I my art career is kind of you know like I could I could make a living just being a cartoonist or a comic book artist, I still would rather choose to teach. There's something about having meaning in your work, I think is important to me. And just knowing that it's not just like me pushing money around or like, you know, doing spreadsheets so that other company, other people can be richer. It's just there's something about being able to influence students and have them achieve things. It's really satisfying, especially in an art class that I have only maybe four kids of four students are actually interested in what I'm saying, but that's enough. Having one student graduate from a, a class that is like, you know, Mr. Pam, I'm gonna go into animation or I'm gonna go into comics or whatever. That's like enough, that's like amazing to me. It has influenced me. I feel like my thought process is just younger because of the kids that I'm around. High school slang, I mean, I know what fire means, you know, <laughs> things like that. The students actually are so smart and creative now because you guys have, you have all the stuff coming at you, like all the stuff that's on the internet and all the stuff that you read and all the stuff that you hear and all that stuff. It, you have so much of it that like you become so creative because you have so many different influences now, which is very different from when I was growing up, you know? So I, I absorb all that from the students as well. And uh, I, I mean, I guess um, this is, sounds kind of bad, but like stealing their ideas. <laughs> You know, just like taking all the creativity off of them is, is amazing to me. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. And, and also teaching has made me better in drawing. It's, like, it's just like a thing. Like if you teach anything and you have to learn, learn it first to teach it, then you just become better at it. Okay, so I know that you said that you were a Vietnamese background. And I like growing up as like an Asian and, or an Asian American, like I know we have like troubles like expressing ourselves through creativity. Cause like we're just limited to like becoming a doctor and whatnot or just like mm -hmm. any STEM related career. 
So like how what was your like initial reaction or what was your committee's initial reaction like upon like hearing that you're going to be a graphic novelist? It's funny because my parents are exactly what you were just saying. You know, they um, I always like to laugh, make fun of them because I, they were like tiger parents, but they were lazy tiger parents. Like they wanted you to do good in school, but they were like too lazy to like enroll me in like SAT prep classes or something like that, you know? So, um, but they still like were like, you got to be an engineer, a doc, you know, that, that kind of whole thing. You know, I, and, and, and even they agreed to let me pursue art. They still were like, you still got to go to a four-year university and, you know, you have to get a bachelor degree and you can do art, but it's still got to be like a UC or like a four-year university. And I went to one for a year and I was like, ugh, I don't like this. Um, and so I wanted to go to art school. And I remember, I think I just, at, at some point, I think I just wore them down enough to where they're just like, okay, as long as he's not like, you know, as long as he's pursuing something, okay, we'll do it. And I can tell that they weren't very happy about it and they were probably like, very, I think but though the thing with parents is that like, it comes more from a place of fear than anything else. Like they're very afraid that we're not going to make it, you know, and that we're going to be hungry and that we're going to have no money. And I think that's what they're just afraid of. And because they've come from a country that's very poor and that the only you know, way you can survive is if you are this high profile job and you have money. So they want that for us. But um, I think what they don't kind of see is this country is a little different and that if you are good and you are happy at anything that you do, all that stuff just falls in line, you know, like, like if you love what you do and you are dedicated to it, no matter what, even if you're not famous or you are a millionaire, you'll still be okay. But I think it's hard for, for, for that generation to understand that. And I can see that. And, and um, my parents did not really, like, even when I had, I had my book come out, it wasn't until, like, I think the only time that I think my parents really, like, took my art career seriously was that there was an article about me in, like, the Wall Street Journal and all these other places. But like, they, they never cared about that. But as soon as I had a little article in, like, their Vietnamese newspaper, like, their, like, obscure local Vietnamese newspaper when that happened then all of a sudden I was legitimate you know <laughs> and it was like well you know it's the, the Chronicle also wrote about me and they're like ah we don't care about that but now I guess um so now they still they still worry because you know um but I think they're happier knowing like I'm a teacher and all that stuff but I think parents are always just gonna worry about their kids and and how hard they work like they're constantly checking with me right now like your job is okay right like, like, you're not going to lose your job, right? And it's just like, it's kind of cute, you know? But when you get older, you realize it's just coming from a point of fear. They're just afraid for you. And, and it, it manifests itself in a very stern and kind of like, you know, angry tones and stuff like that. But really, they're just really scared for you. And, and I mean, it's, I don't, it's not like an excuse, but, you know, it, it makes you understand where they're coming from a little better. I know like we all, I know you mentioned like your book real quick and we all actually read Sumo uh -huh. and, and you're talking a little bit about like your struggles about being shy and stuff like that. So I was wondering when you were writing Sumo, what like struggles or experiences like influenced that um, book? Um, you know, uh, like all my comics, no matter what um, I do, it really is about me. Uh, and I don't know if that's true with a lot of people, but basically sumo is just me as a sumo wrestler. But I mean, at that point, the reason I wrote sumo was because I'm really afraid of change. 
Change is the scariest thing to me. I've had the same job for 18 years now. And if someone was like, no, you have to get a different job, I, I would be like freaked out, you know, even if it's something that might be more successful. I'm just like scared of change. And all my life, I've lived in this place. I knew everybody and everybody knew me. I was comfortable with it. My friends were around me and all that stuff. And at one point, I had gotten a job teaching in Oakland, um, which is where I live now. And it was about, you know, Oakland is not even that far away. It's about an hour away from where I, my hometown is. But I had such fear about it. And that's what Sumo was really about. It's about quitting what is comfortable. You know, like the character is this football star that works at the macaroni grill. You know, he like grew you know, like he's not a football star anymore now. And he's just still super comfortable, but he needed to change. Like he was presented with this opportunity to grow and change. And the, and it was just a very tough thing. And once you get through that, then you can feel like, you know, it can go either way, but no matter what, these like kind of changes are important to you in your life. And that's what really the book was about, was basically about me accepting that life changes and to kind of roll with it. I wrote that when I was younger. I think I was like 20, I don't know, maybe I was 26 or 27. I was still kind of young. And um, a lot of, you know, I would change a lot of it if I did it again. But really at the time, I was just, my whole thing was like, you have to kind of roll sometimes with things. And you have to let the, the way life takes you kind of carry you through life. Because if you're constantly fighting change, it's just going to hold you back. And so that's what the book was about, you know. And at that time, for me, it was really important to write. Now when I look back at it, I'm always like, ugh. I, you know, because, you know, you get older and you're like, I could have done so many things differently and all that kind of stuff. But I love that book still um, to this day. And it, it was it really meant a lot at that moment in my life. So now I still look at it very fondly. Yeah. We loved it too, by the way. Uh, thank you. It, it, it gave a, a beautiful message towards the end. And we were actually all talking. We were like, where do you think he left off at the end? Did he win the fight? Did he lose the fight? But it was important what you said that no matter what, there's always going to be the next chapter. And yeah. that you're going to have to overtake. Yeah, that's why I wanted to leave it open-ended like that. You yeah. know, in my mind, you know, he wins and he stays. And, you know, it's important that, like, that's not the end of his life. One of the things I, I, I love romantic comedies, but one of the things I hated in romantic comedies is, like, the movie always ends with this kiss, this epic kiss between these two people, right? And then you're like, oh, everything's great now. They kiss. Now they're going to be together and they're going to be together forever and have these kids and all that stuff. But that's not usually how life is, you know? You have that epic kiss and then you're like, oh, now we're like together and oh, I'm, you know, jealous of this. And, you know, like there's so much right after that epic kiss that like people have. And so I'm always kind of like, I, I want to know more or I just wanted to leave it open-ended because this is not like how the story ends. This is just one part of this person's life and it's gonna go on and things are gonna happen after that. Maybe he stays and then he doesn't do well and then he goes back. But that's why I like to keep that open-ended because I don't want it to end, like that's not the end of his story. You know, like there's plenty more life to live. Uh, given that a lot of your work or a lot, the especially sumo like you didn't have much writing how did you use like the monochromatic colors and like empty space and whatnot to just convey emotion to like the reader yeah i mean um i think when i wrote sumo i kind of came at it as if it was like kind of like a visual poem almost you know and the story is so simple like it's such a kind of a simple story that like you didn't need that many many words and if you added a lot of words it would still be fine 
And if you don't add that much words, it would still be fine because the story is simple enough. So I, I don't think of myself as a bit really good writer. Uh, my friend Reina said once, some people are like amazing writers and some people are amazing artists. Uh, I'm not an amazing writer or an amazing artist, but I'm a, I'm, I am an amazing cartoonist. So I think that I'm really great at drawing comic, but I'm not so good at any of the two aspects of it. So I, I, don't, I think writing for me is the hardest, you know, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, just having English as a second language and um, not being really good with grammar. Sometimes, you know, there's a way I, w I want something said, but I don't really I don't really know the most beautiful way to say it. So I, I sometimes I lean on the art and um, to convey things. And then sometimes you have to lean on the words. And for me, in all my works, I lean more on the art than I do on the words. And so like, so that's why the story of Sumo is just a little slower. Than, than like other graphic novels because I have to draw more pictures to make up for the fact that I have less words. So even though the, the, the story, like if, if uh, like an artist that has a lot of words, they can take sumo and they can make maybe a, a short story that's 20 pages long out of it. You know, like for me, because I don't do many words, the story becomes like 100 pages long. The, here's an interesting thing about sumo that you, I don't know if you guys know about. So sumo is written in three phases, right? There's three phases of this of um, this person's life. Um, the time that about when he's about to make this big change, right before that, and then the time is like before, during the big change, and then after the big change, right? So the time in Japan, the time leading up to it, all that. So there's three phases and they're all colored in three different colors. So there's a green, an orange, and a blue. And the way I, I decided to paste Sumo was if you notice, the first flashback is I think 13 pages. So the first section is 13 pages. And then um, and then each thing is 13 pages. And then as you go, the flashbacks get smaller and smaller. So if you notice that um, the first pages are 13 and the next are like 10, and then the next is like six, and then all the way down to the last pages where um, the switch happens every panel. And I intentionally did that because I, I went to see a sumo match and I noticed how slow sumo wrestling is like to, to build up. So it takes them a long time to actually get to wrestling, but the wrestling part takes like a second. It doesn't take very long at all. It's just like they say go and the two people, uh, the two sumo wrestlers wrestle and it maybe 20 seconds and one, one person wins and that's it. But the buildup to that takes like 15 minutes. They're like, there's all the ceremonial stuff and all this stuff. So I wanted to pace the book like a sumo match. There's all this buildup, it starts super slow. And there's all these, like every section is like 13 pages, 10 pages, all that. And then at the end, it just finishes really fast. And that, that's why that's why sumo is structured that way. And that's why sumo is like, told in those three phases that go in and out and, and get shorter as it goes along. Yeah, I loved it because like when I was reading it, it kind of felt like a montage kind of movie where like the emotion builds up over time. Yeah. Big endy question at the end. Thank you. So you talked about like how you want to make it as like a sumo wrestling match. And I actually didn't even think about it that way as I was reading it. But I was going to ask, is there like a certain reason why you chose like the red, the blue, the green, or was it just random? I just chose it out of aesthetics. I, I like how those colors work together. The original Sumo, uh, let me see if I have it. So this is what Sumo looked like when I made it. It's all handmade. 
because you know when I made it, we did I didn't have a publisher, so it, like these are the pages here, and you can see they're all black and white. And uh, there, you know, I went to a copier, and I made my comic, and I I would go to the copiers, and we would copy our comics, and then I hand bound it, and the cover is like silk screened. That's the only way we got color. So this is Sumo. So I took this to a convention, and I was selling it, and the publisher of that that you have right there. They bought it and they were like, really, really like this. So can we publish it or whatever? So that's how that book got made. But the original one doesn't have any color at all. So like the, the color idea actually came, you know, later on when they were like, hey, do you want to do a color comic? And I was like, no, I don't want to do it in color. But oh, you know what I would like to do? I would like to make kind of a monochromatic to kind of separate because I have I have things in there to kind of show when when it changes like his hair the, his hair length is what I had the past is his hair is blonde and very short the present oh you know like the the middle is his hair is a little long and it's getting longer and then you know the 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 present is his hair is super sumo long you know so that was like for the, this comic that was how you can tell which part is which part is is like how long his hair was but when i had the opportunity to do color that's when i added the color and yeah the color was more arbitrary than anything it was mostly just to separate the chapters but when it did come out a lot of reviewers would review it and they were like oh i love how tin fam used the green to represent and i was like that's awesome, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I didn't mean it, but that's cool. Thanks a lot, you know, so. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought initially. I thought it was like some deep, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing like that. But It's uh, funny because like in late classes, you know how like the lit teachers always go into death of like everything that we Totally. But in reality, the others are like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, sometimes art is just like that, I think. Yeah, sometimes when, when, um, when uh, English class, you know, talk about like uh, novels or whatever. I'm just like, uh, is really that? Is that really what he meant? So, yeah, it's a, it was, it was a fun project to work on, and I think uh, it's one of those things where for a long time I was like, this is the only story I have in me, and even if I never do write another story or never have another book out, I'm happy to have that book out. You know, like it wasn't like a huge success. It's not like a a bestseller or anything like that, but. It's just great that like I have something like that in the world and like sometimes I'll go to like a used bookstore, half price books or whatever, and I'll see it and it just makes me like so happy and a lot of people are sad because they're like, oh man, that just means someone sold it. Uh, but I, when I see it, I'm like really happy because I'm like, that means that someone might, someone else might pick it up and it's just there. It's just out there, you know, and it's, and even if I, whenever I die or whatever, it's still out there. It'll still be there. It's like, um, like a piece of you still in the world and that's one of the reasons I love teaching as well you know because when if I make an impact on a on a student you know that's going to be there forever that's great you know like I could pass away and there's a person that has been influenced by what I have done I've made an impact in the world and to me that's really important I really like that and I think that's very like cool how you do this to inspire people I really love that we also read level up too so oh, okay illustrations and again, beautiful, beautiful book too. Did you write any aspect of Level Up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't write any of it, but me and Jean are, uh, you know, when we were working on it, we were both teaching at school. So a lot of a lot of us coming up with a story would be like during our free periods where we would just sit and talk about it. But a lot of it is based on, like we were just talking about this, about 
having parents that wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer and all that kind of stuff. And both me and, and Jean have brothers who are in the medical field. Like my, my brother is a, in cancer research in pharmaceuticals and his brother is a, a doctor. So we always like, both of us always felt like the bad Asian sons. Like our parents, I remember like, our parents were always like, like oh, this is my son. He's a doctor. And then they're just like, oh, and yeah, this guy, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So we've always felt like that. And that's why we wanted to write this book together. And it was um, terrible because uh, we're really close friends, but we're all almost like brothers. Just imagine having to do a graphic novel with your sibling. It was terrible because we're both like also very different artists. Have you ever seen one of Gene's books? His art is like very um, cleaned and and very precise and like you know there's a lot more text and if you look at sumo you know you can see how i'm a little bit rougher and i don't like text that much i don't like a lot of talking so so in level up if you notice every page just has so much talking this is and, he, and he's better at writing dialogue so there's just so much talking and and i would draw it and he's just like hey there's not enough room for all the words and i'm i'm like just cut out some of the words you know just you know, and he'd be like, no, there got to be enough room for the words. And I'd be like, I don't want to cut my drawing. And he's like, I don't want to cut my words. And so we'd like fight all the time. So it's one of those things that taught me that like, I never want to work with him again or anyone for that matter. Uh, but we have worked together afterwards, but not in a, such a big project. But, you know, it's uh, it's another one of those stories that like meant a lot to us when we wrote it. And it uh, so the next question, you've also like touched about how like our parents, like, immigrant parents they really like to care about your survival more than your like happiness I guess yes so, like yeah, how's, exactly like, how's like being an artist uh like the pressure you feel of being an artist for survival or like being an artist and like making art for pleasure yeah I mean that's that's one of I'm happy that that's one of the things I you know like all my friends that are professional cartoonists are insane you know and that's why I, I'm so happy to not be a, a professional like full-time cartoonist because it's tough. I mean, it's tough because, uh, and I think growing up in an Asian household and being Asian, uh, one of my things is I want security. You know, like I, I would hate to not like be like, well, I don't know how I'm gonna pay the rent next week, but hopefully it'll come, you know, like, um, and that's the kind of thing that happens in be, being a professional artist of any kind or any type of freelance, you know? You could have a month where you make like $10,000 and then next month you make nothing. So, and I'm like very, um, I'm reckless with my money. So like if I made $10,000 in a week, I'm going to spend $10,000 that week, you know? And then the next week I'll be hungry. I'm, I'm pretty reckless with my money. I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be buying like, oh, I make tons of money. I'm going to buy these new Jordans or whatever. And then next week, I'm just like, I have no money now. Uh, so I'm glad that I don't, I'm not a professional graphic novelist. And, um, and that does open up the road that like, I get to do whatever I want. And it doesn't pay my rent. You know, like I, you know, I'm still a teacher. And I just did this, I'm drawing this comic book about, you know, a pizza guy that fights a town because I really like to do it. Um, so that, that's the good thing is that like you get this kind of creative freedom because you don't have to worry about it paying the bills. Um, but the bad, the, I guess the, the drawback to that is, um, you know, you don't have enough as much time to work on your work. If I worked a job I hated and I had the choice to be a graphic novelist full time, I'd be like, yes, 
you know but um but i'm lucky in that i i work a job i really love and i get to do my side hustle I also really love. Okay, well, I have a question for you, and it's actually influenced by a question we were all asked in our theory of knowledge class. Oh, so I was you gonna have a theory of knowledge? That's yes, awesome. we do. It's <laughs> part of like, the IB program that we're in. Oh, that's cool. Do you think art imitates life, or do you think life imitates art? Art imitates life for me. Um, like everything I do is, you know, based on my life. Um, I find it very hard to. Um, to do anything and I think that's what I think separates some artists from being like um, kind of like pretty revolutionary artists you know like there are artists and designers out there that are just like you just look at them it's like how did you know that was going to be cool you know like you 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 know like sometimes I look at the the designer like like off-white that uh, Virgil something um, he I, I don't know how he was like, okay, I, I'm going to do this thing. I think it's cool. And I think the world's going to think it's cool. I don't really know how you do that. Like, how, how did he do that? You know, that's, that's crazy. And I think that's kind of like an example of how, like, you know, life imitates art. Because people see this piece of art or see this piece of design and are, is like, I love it. And now, you know, this is going to change my life. It's going to change the world, the life, how the world sees art and stuff like that. But for me, not having that kind of weird uh, skill, uh, all my art is based on, 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 on my life, you know? And I think it could be, it could, both can exist, you know, and both can be successful and both can be meaningful, you know? Like, it's great to read something that like, you read it and you're like, oh yeah, I feel this way too because it's like a universal feeling or, or it's a very uh, reassuring. And I think that is great. But then I also love reading something where you're like, oh my gosh, I've never read anything like this. It's super interesting. This is like a great, this blows my mind, you know? So like it, there's, there's that, that two, two half of it. And, uh, and I think they both are, are, are um, valid and, and, and very important pieces of art. But for me, for me, um, uh, my art is imitating my life. Um, are you working on any projects at the moment? Like we talked yeah, about Instagram. So, uh, I, I actually, it's pretty exciting time because because of the the the, the quarantine, I've had to had so much time to draw comics. And on my Instagram, if you guys go to my Instagram or um um uh, I I'm posting um a page a day of this comic that I've been wanting to write, and it's basically my refugee story. Like, so how my parents came on a boat and, and uh, me uh, and with my brother and I and, and the refugee camps and how we came to America and, you know, how we, you know, so basically the refugee story. And I've always wanted to tell it, but I've never had time to do it really well. And because of this quarantine, I have, I started doing it. And that book is actually, the, I put it on, on Instagram, but that same publisher of Sumo ha is going to publish, um, publish it as well. So, um, so it's really exciting. So, um, so yeah, like when I say, you know, like this quarantine is, uh, you know, has, has, has been really a good time to just kind of stay home for me, stay home and kind of reflect and to be creative and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, and also before we do leave, do you want to say like a message to our audience? Anything you want to share regarding storytelling or? I just think uh, if you, if you, want to do something i think my my whole thing is just do it 
Like I know that a lot of people think like I, I teach graphic novels sometimes to college students and stuff, and they're like, "Well, I wanted to study this first, and I wanted to do this first before I started drawing my comic." And I'm always like, "Forget all that. Just start drawing your comic. You know, if you want to do something, just start doing it." And like. And you know, like you might fail, you might not do well, but eventually you'll get to a point where you you'll be happy with what you're doing. So it's it's uh, very cliche to say because Nike has ruined it, but basically just do it. You know, <laughs> just just have you just do what you want to do, and 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 if you love it and uh, and you work hard at it, I think you'll be successful in it. <laughs> I love what you guys are doing with your quarantine. It's it's awesome. You know, I, during this quarantine, um, you know, it, some people are having a hard time and I know that and that, that's sad. And, and it's hard to think that like this quarantine has also been a really um, a great time of growth for some people and like for me as well. And I really love what, how you guys have chosen to spend it instead of just complaining and, and, and stuff like that. I think it's great. So thank you for giving us such like a good insight on your life and how art conveys like stories. So again, thank you so much. Mr. I love what you guys are doing. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. Okay. Thank you for everyone who turned into this episode. We hope you all enjoyed it, enjoyed it and make sure you guys please read Sumo and level up. Bye guys. Thank you.